0: I think turnover is in today is indicative of employees taking a stance on what's important to them, uh, how they value life over work and the blend of the two and how they're able to reconcile their ability to be successful and to be great at being family with their families and managing their families while also being a really good employee. Because I do believe people want to do great work. But the ability to meet them in that space um, before we lose them is, is paramount for any employer right now, and we just have to figure it out.
1: Welcome to Real Leadership, the podcast that cuts through the noise to focus on leaders who make, move, and process things in the real economy. Together, we'll discover the strategies and hard-earned lessons from pragmatic, gutsy leaders who operate in a world that is more stake than it is sizzle. Right here, we dive into their stories, challenges, and triumphs to go beneath the surface, to the very heart of leadership in the real economy. I'm your host, Jim Weaver, Chief Operating Officer of The Owner Group, where we believe that real leadership does indeed matter. Let's go. Understanding your labor market is crucial for successful recruitment. Onan Staffing's Recruitment Strategy Guide provides insights specific to your geographic location and the positions you're hiring for. Our Recruitment Strategy Guide delivers a clear snapshot of your labor market and actionable intel to tackle market-specific challenges. With Onan's expertise, we help you navigate and win in your competitive landscape. Empower your recruiting process with the insights you need. Learn more about ONA's recruitment strategy guide at onistaffing.com backwards slash strategy. Today I'm pleased to have Kelly Terrell with us. She's a leader with two decades of human resource experience spanning the transportation, airline, corporate, and city government sectors. Currently, Kelly serves as an HR executive with a renowned institution that has educated thousands of innovative leaders in business, tech, design, engineering, and the sciences. That institution is Georgia Tech. Kelly is an Atlanta native and a Georgia State alumni with a passion for community service. And in addition to her day gig, she's, she was the founder of the Atlanta Initiative for Young Men and is currently a board member of the Atlanta Fulton County Recreational Authority. Welcome, Kelly.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, good to have you. All right, so Georgia Tech is, yeah, you know, that's a big-time university known as a top university. Uh, I'd like to dig into that a little deeper and and if you would, as an insider, explain the landscape of the university system and Georgia Tech's special place in that. what's what's Georgia Tech's niche?
0: Well, first off again, thank you so much for having me. I am excited to be able to talk to you today and uh, share a little bit about Georgia Tech and uh, my experience. I will say for Georgia Tech, it sits at in the heart of Atlanta, Georgia downtown Atlanta uh, very close to uh, the west side. Uh, Georgia Tech is a part of the University System of Georgia which of course you have a a number of other institutions that are a part of it but we're right here in Atlanta and uh, what makes Georgia Tech special is the fact that we are a very much renowned college uh, university institute uh, that provides Phenomenal research that contributes to billions of dollars of income to Georgia's uh, Georgia's revenue. And uh, what I will say is the people and uh, most importantly, the students are extremely bright. Uh, there are a myriad of initiatives and projects that these students partake in that really impact how we live and how we work Um Georgia Tech definitely has a mission um, for progress and development. And uh, one of the main things is for us to make sure that we're uh, making sure our students are at the focus of that. And everything that we do uh, as an employee or an employer, rather, is focused on helping to enhance those students and their experience.
1: Yeah. So when you say top university, um, that can seem sort of... um, Subjective. So what are what are the objective measures that, you know, when you look at Georgia Tech, what are the what are the big things that you look at to measure the success of the, the school?
0: Well, one of the main measures is our uh, research institute. Uh, we are mm. a top research institute in the country. Yep. And, uh, and renowned for a great deal of the research that we've been able to contribute to society. What I, uh, A lot of it is top secret. So, you know, even yeah. I don't have all the inside information.
1: All right. We uh, won't try to extract it from there the you. There you
0: go. Um, <laughs> I, I do not want Secret Service coming my way. But what I will say <laughs> is that um, uh, Georgia Tech, definitely, their research institute is is phenomenal. And uh, what I will also say too is we're in, on track with uh, some of our peer institutions and in research, such as you know MIT. Um, we're yep. along the Stanford lines. Uh, uh, Michigan mm-hmm. State is another school that um, is one that we benchmark against. Uh, but uh, if you if you take a look at the stats and and the information that's out there, you'll see we are um, in the top five in the country. So. Yeah. Georgia's Tech is yeah. uh, is a leader. We are a leader and very proud of it. We have faculty who are committed to our students. Um, they take pride in what they do and how they contribute to the students' education and growth. And uh, one of the main focuses is I also wanted to mention, too, is uh, our our purposes uh, to develop leaders. We're also situated to advance technology and improve the human condition. So everything we do uh, coincides with making sure that the students are at the center, but also with that focus in mind.
1: They're at the center so that they can in turn impact the world.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. That's that's beautiful. Go forth and progress. Um,
1: Yeah. You're also a major employer. Mm -hmm. Uh, How many many employees are there at at Georgia Tech? We have have a ballpark. Yeah, a little over 14,000. Fourteen thousand. Mm-hmm. That is uh, that is moving the economy. Um, how do those broad categories of employee kind of break down? I don't think people. Th- I don't know that people think a lot about w- what a major employer these universities are. So mm-hmm. How is it? Fourteen thousand people. How does that? How does that break down?
0: Sure. So we have staff. Uh, we have affiliates, which uh, those who come in and they help teach uh, some of our yeah. students and. We also have, uh, students, employees, which are not uh, altogether included in that, uh, 14,000 number and, um, and faculty and faculty. That's our staffing mix.
1: Yeah. So you've got, um, you've got facilities management. You've got, you got teaching folks that are teaching of administrative folks, you have IT. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a full on major operation. Um. You spent 7 years with Southwest Airlines and then you became HR manager for the city of Atlanta and now you're in Georgia Tech it's three pretty I don't know it's from the outside it would seem like three very different types of organizations um what have you what did you find to be the biggest differences between those those three sectors in your experience
0: So well I did start at UPS and so that's you know where I kicked off my career uh, while i was in college um and then i went to uh, airtran airways and then the southwest and then to the city um but all of those industries were so very different and yeah. um i will say that the industry of ups is one that's very unique and but i learned so much there from the perspective of just business and and hr uh, the Southwest Airlines, AirTran, that was a phenomenal experience only because I'd never been in an airline industry. And I always said I never wanted to work for one. And then I went <laughs> to work for one. It was I, I. I, Two, right? Two, as a matter of fact. Well, <laughs> yeah, Southwest yeah. bought AirTran. So, you know, oh, okay, we no. transitioned on over. But I said I would never work for an airline. And then I ended yeah. up working for one. It's one of the most fun jobs I ever had because you were able to meet people all over the country. And also, you could fly anywhere, and it was for free.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's interesting with Southwest, they used to really differentiate themselves as the fun airline, Mm -hmm. I think they probably still, was that, that, I don't know that that's the case now, I'm not sure, Um, doesn't seem like it when I fly with them, Uh, but that was still the culture back then, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah,
0: and it hadn't been too long ago. You know, since I was there, yeah. but I will say that yes, it was fun. Uh, they that it's a part of their culture for you to have fun, and they take that fun and that attitude to their employees and to their customers. And so, yeah. it is one that's lived, not on it's not anything that is that you see and you be, don't believe it. I, I mm-hmm. they make a big deal out of new hires. If you go to the corporate office and you see new hires. Uh, They make a big deal out of new hires. So you get to experience the same kind of excitement and engagement on the airplane that you see Mm -hmm. it on campus and in their um, airport facilities.
1: You would have to, an employee would have to experience it off the plane to bring it to the plane. That's the only way. There you go. Right? There you go. So think that, you know, an airline, that would be a real serious business. Mm
0: -hmm. It's very serious
1: yeah so how did you or how did Southwest balance that the seriousness of what they do with being able to have fun to, to some that might seem a little contradictory
0: no i I think it's not. What I think they mastered is the ability to create a culture that blended the two, and so mm-hmm. very serious about making a profit. Very, very smart people that work at Southwest Airlines in leadership. Uh, They were also serious about culture and making sure that leadership came from your place of wanting to lead and that you had a heart for it and understood your expectations for that. But not only were leaders established, uh, expected rather to have expectations as leaders, but as an employee, you had expectations as well. So there were leader expectations, employee expectations, and they were fluid throughout your employee life cycle. So from your performance evaluations, from all those areas that were important, you were able to draw upon expectations that were the foundation for how you were actually uh, working and and living, Mm -hmm. you know, as an employee there.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I'm i a firm believer in fun you know mm-hmm. we gotta be serious we have to be serious mm-hmm. but uh, you spend a lot of time at work a lot of your life at work mm-hmm. gosh if it's not a, a, enjoyable uh, at least some of the time my goodness yeah. what are we doing here exactly
2: <laughs> right? land top technical and professional talent with focus Focus specializes in direct hire and contract placements, connecting you to exceptional candidates in IT, engineering, management, and more. Elevate your team with Focus. Visit GetInFocus.com.
1: Okay, so when you came to Georgia Tech, what were the big, um, what were the unexpected differences or maybe expected differences going there from Southwest, City of Atlanta, now, Georgia Tech, what were the, what were the unexpected differences there?
0: I would say the main difference is one, I, I had never worked in higher ed. And so I really had to get a sense of the culture of higher ed and reconcile, you know, where there were some familiarities there and then also where I needed to learn. And so the, yeah. the, 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 the the pendulum, if you will, of shifting forward in learning uh, higher ed in their culture uh, was one where I really had to sit and listen to people and, and understand uh, what's important to them. Um, I quickly came to realize, however, that in the space of higher ed, that the um, there's a lot of um, a lot of expectation, if you will, around making sure that we focus on our students, but also supporting wow. them and that supporting faculty is and supporting this this the employees as well um in a in a way that makes sure that makes it such that everyone, if you will, is um being seen as, as appreciated and, and valued. So that was some some work that I think that we have embarked on to improve. Yeah. And I think we're making um a lot of headway there. And there are a lot of ERGs that are being created, um, a huge focus on wellness and well-being. Uh, The working at tech is a program that we created uh, where there's a working at tech arrangement that dictates how you work. If you're working remotely, if you're working in person, if there's a hybrid format. So I would say the culture is one where the people really work hard people like georgia Tech they're committed to yeah. working at georgia tech they're committed to um to the school um but it is one truly that you have to get used to because it's just different it's 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 a it's a different um area
1: yeah yeah um i imagine turnover is costly across all three of those mm-hmm. right how do you how do you think about the cost of turnover how do you how do you measure it what's your what's your your your
0: approach to uh to turnover? I think my personal approach to turnover uh I think that you probably should have a gauge if your folks are looking to leave. You should already know um but that comes with a relationship a, a conversation about what's important to people and where they are in their careers, where they are from a progression standpoint. Um, if they feel like they're being stagnant, uh, but that comes with a relationship and a conversation with your people, where they're able to be vulnerable and transparent and share that with you, it's just a bit of trust that's lent there. Uh, sometimes you don't get that, you know. A lot of times you don't get that, but when you yeah. do, I would you know certainly count that as a win. I think turnover is in today is indicative of employees taking a stand on what's important to them. Uh, How they value life over work and the blend of the two and how they're able to reconcile their ability to be successful and to be great at being family with their families and managing their families while also being a really good employee. Because I do believe people want to do great work, but Mm -hmm. the ability to meet them in that space um, before we lose them. Is is paramount yeah. for any employer right now, and we just have to figure it out.
1: Yeah, we've gone. We've added a a flex model to our strategy where um, we'll allocate some of our partner companies. will we'll allocate, say, twenty percent of of shift coverage will be in this flex program, and a pool. Of, if we build a pool of people that want to work. Flex and then they log into an app and they pick, okay, I want to work Tuesday and Friday this week. And to your point about lifestyle, balancing lifestyle, we've got some great people that it's not, it's, these are, these are people that are maybe uh, a stay at home spouse that wants to pick up some, or it's somebody that wants, maybe has another job and they want to pick up, we've, or college students. Uh, it's really been, um, it's been great. It's opened up this whole new section of the workforce for us. You know, to your point, it's it, we've got to kind of change and adapt with that, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. And I think we're at a, uh, I've seen a lot change in the space of HR, just sitting in, in this particular seat uh, from an employee perspective where, you know, I was just having a discussion, I, I think it was with my son and I was taking him to the airport uh, just the other day. And we were talking about how when I when I had young kids, if I had Mm -hmm. to take time off, I I had to take time off in order to take him to the doctor and also to be home with him while he was ill. Whereas today people have the flexibility, right, to work from home, still take care of their children if they so choose the flexibility Mm -hmm. in that allowed for people to feel better about being available to their families, while at the same time being able to feel a commit, fulfill a commitment to their work if they're so choose to do that. So that option yeah. with this whole flexible work work style, if you will, has, has been a game changer. And to take it a step further, I even share with him, you know, if I took it, I would have had to take a day off, right, a full day off to take right. to see about you. And that would, in some cases, go against you know some attendance and you know be yeah. adverse. And so now we people have the ability, really and truly, to live their life and also work the way they need to. So I think this whole yeah. uh, whole perspective around the um, flexible work with hybrid and, and remote and so forth has been a game changer in that perspective.
1: Yeah. I think generally it's been curious your thoughts on this, but generally it's been positive. You know, like um, it swung pretty far to the flexibility. Now it's kind of coming back. I think there is a point where it becomes really tough as an employer mm-hmm. to you know. There's got to be that balance there, but I think generally, I mean, we're all human, right? And, and we've got to we got. Stuff comes up. Yeah. We got to work. Yeah. So you've had a great run uh, thus far in your career. And, and uh, typically people with a resume like yours have had some good mentors along the way. Is that, Has that been the case for you?
0: I did. I did. I will say my first mentor, um, probably the most pro- profound one, was the person I met at UPS. Uh, he was the the one person that I... I I didn't expect to be a mentor to me. He Mm -hmm. tended to, um, I ended up working in his department when I was working part-time and I first started working at night. Um, He took an interest in me and um, he actually was a a friend of my family's. And so Mm -hmm. what I realized was that um, if I listened to him, I I probably would go fast, right? And I would learn a lot and I did. He gave me great yeah. financial advice, and he also gave me great counsel on a career, which is at that time, and I might be really be dating myself right now, but he <laughs> said, um, just get your degree. Just just go, just get yeah. your degree. He said, because at that time, they were looking and in, in instituting you know, the need to get your bachelor's degree, and, and I did. And it was a, maybe a year later after I finished when I went to work in human resources, and he was always available to, um, to, to, to hear me out, to, you know, give me counsel. Uh, When he retired, uh, I really missed that presence at work. And um, I also realized too how important he was not only to me, but to a lot of people. And from that experience, I also found too that his absence really kind of created a situation personally where I was at a crossroads and I, I realized that you do need someone to give wise counsel in in a yeah. work relationship because you can't always, you know, get it from your immediate supervisor. Um, mm-hmm. You need someone who's going to be honest with you, who's going to be a truth teller, uh, that you can really get to help you be the best person that you can be dis- in spite of yourself. And so yeah. what I would offer, you know, for me is I... I took my experience, you know, with with his counsel over the years and his name is Warren Harper, by the way, um, to be. Yeah, we
1: can give a shout out. Yeah. To him.
0: And uh, <laughs> and so um, I took his counsel uh, quite often and uh, just really appreciate it. And it, it really was a foundation for, um, you know, how I you know worked from up until now.
2: Truly, truly. Accomplishing diversity, equality, and inclusion directives can be challenging. Excelsior Staffing, a certified MBE providing staffing solutions for light industrial sectors, has been helping companies like yours find success since 2007. Strengthen your diverse team with Excelsior. Excelsiorstaffing.com. what would
1: you say if you could distill down your your leadership philosophy what how would you how would you articulate that
0: well you know i think it might be now southwest might it resonate with some folks with southwest but it is you have to be someone who might like people and might want to <laughs> help people and which really, really is just leading from your heart i and i i loved working at southwest because that it was their philosophy and i that aligned with me um i felt like the 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 work that i did you know with them hr was about people first off right and then secondly the ability to impart um you know counsel and and coach people but also you know as you lead people doing so in a way where you're treating people the best way you can and so i i i realized that at southwest when i was there that that was a culture where they based things on right and so yeah. that's where i do know that the the heart led leader there's a book called the heart led leader which i mm. actually have and it's called um it's by tommy spalding it's one of the books that you know we had there and um it was one of the premises from from that foundation so
1: yeah yeah um you have a if you look at your resume you you clearly have been commuted committed to community service as well mm-hmm. um, doing a lot more than just your day job typically it looks like mm-hmm. um, why why is that important to you that that giving back element
0: I think giving back is important because it helps keep you grounded and and it makes you connect to those things uh, that are important in the community and and making an impact you know at work it's work right? but if you yeah. take it beyond your ability to get paid for something in in cash um and really touching the human spirit i think that's what's important right now i i do uh meals on wheels quite often mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. actually been you know something that my husband has joined me on and we make it mm-hmm. our saturday get up go do meals on wheels go have breakfast and yeah. um it actually does help from one perspective, be able to see how well you can work with somebody with coordinating because we have a navigator. Then you have to have somebody who's going to deliver and which floor is it on or that sort of thing. And, yeah, yeah. But then the other piece too is um, the Atlanta Initiative on um, uh, on Men. That was one that was born out of just a desire to take what I know about HR and help you know young men in their careers. And um, I haven't been able... To over the last several years, to um, use it and, and move it forward as much as I like, just because work has really kind of been a, um, a yeah. primary focus. Um, but it is something that I'm very committed to getting back to and contributing to pretty soon, because I do see a very serious need to help uh, young men in the communities realize their purpose. What is what is what is it mm. that they really want to do in mm. life? And mm-hmm. um, and help inspire that spark, you know, get that spark mm-hmm. going to help them realize they are great at something that they mm-hmm. are truly able to be what it is that they feel like they're great at, which is taking mm-hmm. that that unction or that notion that they know about themselves and help them visualize that into um, a way in which we can move them forward and in, into to creating that that life for themselves.
1: Yeah, um, you know, the, the our labor force participation rate is at an all-time low, you know, in the US mm-hmm. right now. And uh something we're passionate about, we've done a lot of work in the high schools with this, but but you know, getting young people off the sidelines like um it, which is kind of what you're you're talking to there is um I think we're we're built to create, we're built to um built to build or mm-hmm. you know what give mm-hmm. our give what's in us mm-hmm. i think it's part of us that dies when we don't do that so right. what do you think it is going to take or what do you think it takes to get folks off the sidelines to be able to well what what do you think that's going to take <laughs> uh, and you can talk in the micro or the macro i mean it's a big question right yeah. but, um what do you think
0: i think You know, when I started the Atlanta Initiative for Young Men, my big vision for it was for there to be this partnership with uh, someone who had a passion for trying to help kids and building that with with business. And so Southwest actually allowed me to do a career week there. And that career week was uh, beneficial because they were able to get credits for community service by providing it to the students. And so from that perspective, I think that businesses, if you will, should realize how they could tangibly use their, you know, utilize the resources that they have available to help, help the community, not necessarily just raising funds, because of course that is definitely needed, but in a tangible way looking at, you know, how can we use our, oit department to service mm-hmm. a school or an after school program how can we have our our teams commit to volunteering and then how do you ins- maybe incentivize your employees to do such so i think we have to be intentional about how we want to be impactful in the community and looking and proactively researching organizations that align with your values or just seeing how you can actually even just participate Um, we can't just wait and sit and let it happen because around us is a world of hurt and people are hurting because they don't have it at home. And to your point, if you don't give, then essentially, what are you doing? What are you doing?
1: Yeah. 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 You were on the board of the, um, Atlanta Fulton County Recreational Authority as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what is what do you do there? What what is that? I'm not familiar with that uh, that uh, organization.
0: Yeah, so it's the um, Atlanta Fulton County Recreation Authority. Uh, it is an authority that focuses on recreation support and assistance, and uh, one of the main uh, organ, uh, organizations, if you will, that it's uh, that it aligns with is State Farm Arena. And uh, we uh-huh. also support various youth programs um, in the in the city and in the county of Fulton County, and uh, and that's pretty much uh, the their their foundation of the work that they do. They also are supportive of the Zoo Atlanta, and um, I think those are the the primary ones: is Zoo Atlanta mm-hmm. and also State Farm Arena. Uh, it's been yeah. around for many many years. At one point, before. Uh, back in in the 80s, 90s, you know, you had the Braves. And so the Braves Stadium was one of the areas that they managed. But, you know, management changed. And so there was uh, a shift in terms of their engagement there. Um, but now they have State Farm Arena as the organization that they
2: primarily are aligned to. Recruiting top talent is tough. Own and staffing focuses on people offering exceptional benefits to attract and retain dedicated workers partner with us for flexible data-driven solutions. Visit ownandstaffing.com to learn more.
1: Successful leaders typically have some, some good habits that they've developed over the years. What are some of the, what are some of the habits, the, the rituals that, that you've uh, you've developed to, try to stay grounded, to Mm -hmm. stay on your game, Mm -hmm. to win?
0: Well, the one thing I think is um, always important is I remember when I wanted that job and how I felt when I needed that job or wanted that job. I go back to that because Mm -hmm. I always realize that somebody else wants it or may want it. And, Mm And I also think about and always try to be reminded of why I'm here. I feel like Everything you do as a leader you should be, you shouldn't be in a position just because. There has to be a purpose behind it. So, your yeah. commitment to the work has to be fundamentally in a with your values of trying to get, you know, benefit the organization, but also has to be of a purpose. And so, every organization, <laughs> every role that I take, I, I realize and I know that there is a purpose. And so the alignment with that, uh, reconciling the day, because days aren't mm-hmm. always great, um, yeah. helps you come back to a level of um, resilience and and builds gr- uh, quite a bit of fortitude and being able to come back again. The other piece is just making sure that you remember that this is just the day. Like we're all human You're not going to get it right every day. So you have to offer a measure of forgiveness for yourself in leadership. You know, you're not going to always get it right. Everybody's not going to like you, but you also have to make sure you've got a cheer corner to help make Mm -hmm. sure that you are feeling good about yourself in order for you to be able to step in and lead like you need to. Uh, And the other piece, too, is to have fun. You know, uh, always crack a smile. Try uh, I find that if you're trying to make somebody else's day better, it helps you in your day. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I do offer a measure of trying to practice, you know, how can I do something for someone else, especially when I'm not feeling my best. And um, and thinking, I, I take the time to think about what's going on with this person, what's going on with that person? How is this happening? So those that directly work with me and, and are reporting to me. Um, they may not realize it a lot or not, but I do take, uh, that type of interest in making sure that I'm, you know, trying to stay connected with what's important to them. And, um, from that perspective, because we're all people first, um, we're all people first.
1: Yeah. The common theme with all those is, uh, kind of getting outside of your, yourself or what's right there Mm -hmm. in your face where you talk about, you know, uh, purpose like that's zooming out and uh, getting outside of yourself and trying to lift up others mm-hmm. lifts yourself up, you know, or, or how do you do that with, um, trying to remember, is there a practical way that you try to remember why you wanted the job, like putting mm-hmm. yourself back there?
0: Yeah. Cause when you think about leaving, you need to think about why you got, why you're there. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's something that I think a lot of times especially when we were talking about turnover a bit ago, that's a space where I think sometimes we may be too quick to move. and You may Mm. miss the lesson in your situation. Uh And so, um, and I think I had a learning from that, from an experience. And I think, and that's one of the major, I always said after that, that I will never make a move until I know I'm supposed to. So I always seek guidance. I ask the Lord, hey, help me. With this situation, mm-hmm. what is my reason for being here? You know, help mm-hmm. me understand how what I do and and how you've made me and how, you know, um, the experience that I have can be beneficial here. And I don't move until I'm told to. So, yeah, it's it's helped yeah. me um, in in my career sense. And I don't move until I'm supposed to. So I offer that for people who are young and and, and trying to get somewhere quick. I've had to have this conversation with my son. Like you've only been at your job for a year and a half, there's so much for you to know and learn. Be patient with yourself. There's an ebb mm-hmm. and flow in work, but you have to figure out your lesson. So, what's your lesson? Mm-hmm. You know, what's 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 your purpose? What what are you trying to do? I have him working on plans, and he has flip chart paper, and, and we did this when he was in in high school, but he applies us now to work with in life he has a flip chart paper on the back of his door and his plan and it includes even a work plan so i think people just need to start thinking and taking time to consider life as a whole instead of a a quick move because sometimes Mm -hmm. you can miss the opportunity if there if you make a mess you still have an opportunity to make great great work and to recover But you have to yeah. give yourself to um, the opportunity to be resilient.
1: You know, i found if there's a lesson that I need to learn and I pull the ripcord instead of learning mm-hmm. it, guess what? It's going to come six months from now. I want to be in another situation where i got to learn that lesson. So might as well mm-hmm. get it right now, right? Exactly. Exactly. Well, hey, it's been great talking with you. Um, so if folks are interested in finding out more about working at Georgia Tech... Mm-hmm. Um, where would you direct them?
0: I would tell them to go to Georgia Tech Human Resources Careers, mm-hmm. and they can search okay. for our available opportunities there. We have a lot of them.
1: Okay, cool. And I will uh, we'll put those in the in the show notes as well.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you
1: so much, Kelly. Oh,
0: it's great to talk to you today. Nice to, you. to meet you.
1: Yeah. Okay. Until next time, folks. Keep it real. Thank you for listening. This podcast was powered by ONING, a family of staffing companies providing real staffing solutions to manufacturing, logistics, and food processing companies across the United States of America. To get in touch or learn more about partnering with an ONING group company, visit us at www.owninggroup.com. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time.